Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. This is your fifth and final Royal Ascot preview, day five, Saturday uh, of Royal Ascot. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined yet again by Odds Checker's very own tipster, Andy Holding, and racing broadcaster and journalist, Johnny Ward, as well. It is hot. It is uh, Friday morning. Uh, Johnny, I don't know what it's like over with you, and I don't know, I think actually maybe where you are, Andy, it's not quite as warm, but I am in London. It's... 10 past 10 i've just been to the post office and i needed a shower when i came home it is going to be wow. scorching for those who are at royal ascot today i've seen i've seen that they relaxed the uh the the, the dress code uh but only after the the royal parade as well so you've got to keep your top hat on until until they, the, the royal family come through the parade ring and then you're allowed to, to shed your, your layers um i must say i'm not too envious of those who are going to be there today i think it's a day to be watching it on the sofa um but andy we'll now, we better talk about how you've got on so far this week. We've seen three of the five days at Royal Ascot come and go. Fair to say um, the, the crossbar has been rattled a few times for, for both yourself and your followers. <clears throat> yeah, it's been one of those frustrating weeks where, by and large, everything has run really well. I, I haven't got too many complaints with hard luck stories other than Mal Jim. I mean, Mal Jim was probably the, you know, the big unlucky hard luck story of the week. What was that again, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to keep mentioning that. I think for quite a while. Um, you know, World Bank yesterday went very close in the, in the Norfolk. Um, Doville legend as well. I mean, he looked like winning for me in the uh, in the King George um, when everyone said he couldn't win from stall three, so he's run above himself. A lot of play stalls. You know, Chief for Chief, Snazzy Jazzy, big prices. That. Um, Snazzy Jazzy. I mean, I bet Snazzy Jazzy uh, off the back of your. Um, your words on on the on the show for for day three six places and it comes seventh kind of sums it up doesn't it of course it would george yeah of course it would yeah you didn't get the seven places um you know world bank yesterday went very close in the in the norfolk um doville legend as well i mean he looked like winning for me in the uh in the king george um when everyone said he couldn't win from stall three so he's run above himself a lot of play stores you know chief for chief snazzy jazzy big prices that Snazzy Jazzy, I mean, I bet Snazzy Jazzy uh, off the back of your um, your words on on the on the show for for day three, six places, and it comes seventh. Kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Of course it would, George. Yeah, of course it would. Yeah, you didn't get the seven places. Um, yeah, and so yeah, it's been it's been one of those weeks for his regards, just not having the volume of winners, but finishing ahead and making a profit through m- most races through the the each way side of the bet. But um, yeah, there's a good uh, there's a good two days to go. Uh, Friday, as we speak, looks like strong, and, and Saturday, um, yeah, I mean, some some of those um, big field straight track races. I, mean, I cannot believe there's 27 in the in the Platinum Jubilee. I mean, that's unheard <laughs> of. Um, almost, I didn't realise there was 27 group horses over six furlongs in training, but they've all, they've all turned up. I don't think there's any missing. So, yeah, uh, that'll take some finding. Yeah, we're going to go through the racing on Saturday in just a second. But before we move on from the racing we've seen so far, we, we should talk about the Norfolk because, um, you know, a lot of your followers, a lot of people who listen or, or watch this show would have been backing Warbank for the last couple of weeks. Warbank did finish second, um, look for a second, you know, I think touched two to one in the exchange, on the exchanges in the stewards room um, after the, you know, Paul Hannigan riding the, the big price winner uh, over a hundred bet first starting price, um, you know, came right across the track and, and chopped up the, um, you know, basically it was dangerous driving rather, rather sorry, dangerous riding rather than interference. Johnny, what did you make of it? Do you think this is a, you know, in terms of the issue itself, I saw Hugh Taylor tweeting that um, it hasn't been since 2009 that a, a rider was, um, and a horse was disqualified for, for dangerous riding in this country. Um, it, it is, 
are our stewards not doing a good enough job to protect the jockeys in, in these kind of races when you're seeing quite blatant disregard for, for the other jockeys from, from one man in particular? No, I don't think they are. And um, I've always been of the belief that the general British and Irish kind of um, MO in relation to honouring the result of the race in terms of what they consider to be the best horse on the day. I think in general, that's fairly sound. Um, and, you know, I've, I owned a horse who um, was thrown out of winning the Cork National. I owned a leg of a horse who was thrown out of winning the Cork National years ago for interference at second last. Um, mm. And as much as I felt it was harsh on the day, he won by, he won by a short head. And in hindsight, I thought it was the right decision. But if you have a situation where um, you give a rider a 10-day ban, yet he does it pretty safe in the knowledge that he's still going to have his winner at Royal Ascot, and he's halfway through this manoeuvre. He knows already he's going to get a serious ban for this, but he's already thinking, I'll get away with it. It's a winner at Royal Ascot. I think there's something really inherently wrong with that. And as we spoke about pre-show, it's it's there's no kind of right answer here, I think, in terms of who wins that race. Does Wallbank get the race? Does the third get the race? But you know, I think the safest call here is to disqualify the winner um, basically full stop. Because if a rider rides like that with relative impunity, um, forget about a result here. We're talking about getting thrown out of a car on rattling fast grounds at 40 miles an hour or whatever it is, um, potentially because of dangerous riding. And I mm. think something may come out of this because I think there was so much of a Ferrari out of it on TV and on social media. I think they may look at it. I know the BHA issued a statement. Um, and as I said, I, I think in general, trying to honour the horse who finished first is fine. But jockeys dictate incidents like this rather than horses. And if jockeys clearly, so it's, to, to finish up, if a horse drifts and the jockey's doing everything he can to correct it, I think you look at it differently. But an incident like this, I don't think it sits well at all that you get a 10-day ban and hold on to the race. Andy, you know, this won't be pocket talk speaking, because as we've kind of mentioned now, I you know, I know you had a couple of others in the race um, as well. Crispy Cat, certainly another one getting unfortunate. But was part of the issue here that, that if, um, you know, if, if it had been thrown out, Wallbank, the horse that did finish second, probably wouldn't have been the likely winner had the, you know, the dangerous riding not occurred itself? I think that's what probably um, influenced the stewards more than anything else. Um, they probably almost had too many decisions to make, um, you know, where do you put Brave Nation? How badly was he interfered? Do you put him ahead of Wallbank? Do you, do you, you know, do you, do you um, elevate? It becomes a hypothetical race, It becomes it? a hypothetical race, doesn't it? Mm. And I just think they just basically chucked it all in under the carpet and just said, well, we'll leave it stand. Um, we'll ban the jockey. Um, but there was too many of the complications, um, too much fine print really to go through. Uh, but I think going forward, I think this race has set a precedent really for how races, I think, should be judged in, in future. I think there will be a moving of the goalposts and, and a, a change of the rule, very much like we have in football with a handball in the, in the penalty box. Um, you know, some instances you, they, they, they say, like in football, using as an analogy, that, you know, if, you, if it, that would be a foul in the penalty box, it's a penalty, but if it's outside the box, it isn't. Um, it's very similar with horse racing, really. And going back to Johnny's incident with his, uh, his Cork National horse, I mean, if that mistake, I, I can't remember the race in question, but if that mistake had occurred at the first fence, let's say, stewards wouldn't have had a look at it. And yet, just no. because it's at the second last, what, what difference does it make? If it's a mm. mistake and it costs your horse ground, then it, it should be all for one and one for all. Not, oh yeah, because it happened at the last, happened at the second last, we're going to make a, we're going to make a big deal of it. 
if 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 it happens anywhere on the track, a mistake is a mistake. But I just think jump horses jumping into each other and that that's just part of national hunt racing. Um, yeah. So so that, I think the rules are wrong there. I mean, it was similar with it with the you know the the anniversary hurdle. At um, Chelten, at uh, Ask Hintry uh, this year yeah. with, with Pied mm. Piper and, and and the Milton Harry sauce. I mean, just because that happened at the last, they made a big thing of it. But if it happened at the first, I wouldn't have looked at it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think some of the rules need tweaking here, there, and everywhere to to make it fairer. Hopefully that'll be the last time we talk of controversy uh, at Royal Ascot this year. Um, but it's time to get into our preview of the Saturday, the final day of Royal Ascot 2022. Uh, before we do, just going to ask you uh, or tell you or encourage you to download the Odds Checker app for the best prices, bookie offers, free bets and the best place terms. Uh, crucially, uh, over Royal Ascot, some firms going as big as eight places, I think, today in today's racing on Friday. Um, and, and also, of course, Andy's tips and plenty of other tipsters as well. Uh, so do download the Odds Checker app now. But we'll get into Saturday's racing, starting with the Chesham. This is a race I know that Andy is, is very keen to dip his toe into, or maybe his whole foot. Uh, Alfred Munnings is the 5-6 to six favourite. Alza here, 8-1. to one. Crypto Force, 11-1. to one. Faisal Road, 12-1. Uh, Dark, 30-16s. Legend of Xanadu, uh, 18-1. to one. Finn's Charm, 18s. One World, 20s. 22-1 to one bar those. So 14 runners here. Uh, we, we saw Little Big Bear, a horse for, for Aidan O'Brien, uh, backed in from, what was it, 5-2 to two into 11-10 to 10 on the day and, and justify that market support. Um, in this two-year-old race, we've got another very short price, far shorter, uh, in Alfred Munnings here, Andy. Um, is this a, a vulnerable favourite? I, I certainly think so, based on the time figures that, that we've got him um, doing so far. He's only had the one run. It was very impressive on the eye. Everyone's gone, wow, you know, this horse is a, you know, a, Central champion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then, when you actually crunch down in the numbers and, and look what he did um, on that day at Leopard Sound, it, it wasn't anything special. Um, he, he should have won like the way he did, really. If he's if he's that good, he's bound to be quickening away from inferior opposition. Um, you know, I've, I've looked at the horses that ran in behind. Yes, we've had a winner. Um, the horse that finished fourth, I think it was, the Donnacarra Barn horse, went to Ross Common and won next time out. Uh, albeit at a strain, but then got absolutely Joseph battered. Last... Yeah. Yeah, Joseph mm-hmm. O'Brien, so I can beg your pardon. Donica's got... second horse, I think, was well regarded all right on the day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, the, I think the, the second or third has got well beat since, uh, and, and the aforementioned horse who finished fourth has got beat uh, last night by a, a Kevin Coleman horse. So, what he actually beat, greatest suspect, was absolute bobbins. Does, so I don't know if that does that sentence make sense with the, with the greatest respect, absolute bobbins. <laughs> yeah, it it just it doesn't add up to anything. I think any horse in this field worth their salt would have won in the way he did. That's all I'm saying. But everyone's gone on mad about it because it's Aidan O'Brien and oh yeah, that's his Cheshire horse. Blah blah blah. Um, he's going to have to improve significantly on that, certainly to justify odds on. Favoritism. There's no way I'd go anywhere near him. Odds on. If if you offer me two to one, I wouldn't back him because um, I do think this race has got a lot of quality all the way through. I mean, there's so much untapped potential in here. Then we don't know which horse is going to improve the most for stepping up in trip. Um, we've got Dark Thirty, who himself won a slowly run race at Newbury, but at least that race has worked out well with the second, third, and fourth winning, and there looked some good horses in behind him that day. So. If you're comparing sort of time figures and slowly run races, I think Dark Thirties race was a lot better than the, the Leopard Sound race that um, Alfred Munnings won. And then you've got horses that have run time figures, 
such as legend as Zanadu, who's proven that he can handle a hurly-burly of a strong run race, as he did in the woodcut. And he's by 60s icon as well, so he's plenty of stamina. And then Finn's charm as well. I love him. Um, he did a big number when he won at Musselburgh the other day, stepped up markedly on his first run. The Johnsons have got a good record in this race. You're chucking the likes of Falzo Road, Crypto Force, One World. You know, the list is endless. I mean, you're a brave man if you think this is an odds-on poke. I really do. I think I think this is the worst value favourite the whole meeting. Um, look, he might well win and prove me wrong, and he might improve massively, and I'm, I'm made to look a fool. But I'm going to stick my neck out with this one and just say he's ranked bad value, and I think there's good value to be had everywhere and elsewhere. So I'd probably go with Finn's Charm and Legend of Xanadu. They're the two numbers horses, um, and I also think that they'll improve um, for, the, for this kind of race. So they'll do for me at the prices. Finn's Charm, 18 to 1. Uh, Legend of Xanadu, also 18 to 1, both with Hills uh, and Bet Victor as well. And I guess that's the key, Andy, is, is you know, you talk about, we're talking about prices here. You're, you're not sitting here telling us that Alfred Munnings won't win, but just no. at 5 to 6. You know, he, he might go and win by two lengths at 5 to 6, but it doesn't mean that it was, you know, those backing him at 5 to 6 have, have, have you know, played the, the race right. I would still argue that those who are backing Little Big Bear at 11 to 10 and, and it goes and wins by a, by a head or whatever, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you've got the value and it's not necessarily the way to play the race. But, but Johnny, he, 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 yeah, Andy? So I'm just making everyone who's listening to this aware that he hasn't done anything to justify that price yeah. at this very moment in time. That's all I'm doing. I, I'm trying to almost protect you from going with the hype and, and, and you know, going in with, 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 with both barrels. Mm. There'd be better eight to 11 chances up and down the length and breadth of the year, year that have actually run a number, that have done something that warrants them being that price. I mean, I could pick a, a million horses out of even money that are miles clear on the time figure and think, well, that's run a number. That, that, if, it's only got to back that up and it'll win again. Whereas yeah. this fella's way off of it. Johnny, are you going you gonna to stick up for the, the Irish Raider? Or are you going <laughs> to... No, I mean, I think that's why Andy's brilliant. I think, you know, you have a straightforward choice here uh, after, you know, listening to Andy, you just lay the horse uh, or obviously mm. back something else because it, it is based on his record in the Chesham. I love this race because of the, the the kind of restrictions in it that the stallion has to have one over a certain distance. So it rules out a lot of horses and it's made for particular horses. He has, Aiden has a very good record in the race and I think that's totally factored into the price. The race was mentioned straight after Leopardstown. I do know the horse of Dunnikas was well touted on the day, but um, I mean, if you look at Crypto Force, interesting enough story, Michael Callahan bought him at the Breeze Ups for 160,000 guineas. Um, that was in April. So he kind of put his neck on the line because he's by time test. He's um, mm. he's obviously an unproven stallion, but he liked him a lot. He, he's, he obviously did a very, clocked a very good time um, at the uh, at the Breeze Ups. And then when he went, went and ran his maiden, I think it was a, traditionally it's a very hot car maiden, he was still sent off like 14 to 1 or something like that because there was so much chat about principally the second in the race. Um, it was an incredible pedigree, a Bally Doyle horse, deep impact out of Rhododendron, I think, her first. Mm. Um, no, I, I'm sure Andy remembers the race as well. Ryan Moore didn't have a good day. It was a little bit like his ride in Newfoundland yesterday, albeit in a much smaller field. He just went up the rail and met trouble. But I think Crypto Force would have won anyway. And what encourages me is I actually... We had Michael Callan on the radio a couple of weeks ago, and I, I, I was guessing that the horse who was at the sales on Monday, I was guessing that he'd make about 800 grand, but he made 900 anyway. So the owner is now hoping to get a quick return. But I, I think what's interesting that Michael's two-year-olds have run really well this week. Um, you know, obviously Andy's uh, tale of woe in the Norfolk um, 
we've heard of. But like Michael's horse was could possibly have won that race. His two-year-old earlier in the week had a lot on it on its plate and ran very well. And he's really bullish about this horse. He effectively said to me, whatever beats it will win. Um, I love this run at the car. I think it was probably the moral winner anyway. Took a little bit of time to get going. Looked quite green, but very, very strong at the finish. And it's 11 to 1. Was every bit as impressive to me as Alfred Munnings. One is 8 to 11 and the other is 11 to 1. So I'd be very happy to back Crypto Force, particularly because his horse have run so well this week, um, the two-year-olds. Crypto Force 11 to 1 uh, with William Hill, 888 Sport and Bet Victor as well. So three there to take on the favourite with Finn's Trump, Legend of Xanadu and Crypto Force, the one for Johnny. Uh, move on then to the jersey where we've got Noble Truth as the 9 to 2 favourite ahead of Star Girls uh, Al Mal at 8 to 1, Monadar 8 to 1, Samburu 8 to 1, 8 to 1, uh, Aphelia as well. Uh, Johnny, we'll come to you first here for the jersey. Yeah, I did the race force analysis of the race at Goran that uh, Star Girls Al Mal won. And, um, I sort of thought she'd run in the at the current um, in the guineas as she did. I wasn't expecting her to be quite as well back because she looked like she'd plenty on her plate, but it was a bit of an old-fashioned gamble in the guineas. And really, you were very unlucky if you you, you didn't cop the each way because she met traffic. Um, she kind of ran out of gas at the end after making a run probably that was a little bit harder on her because of the trouble she met. And obviously, Homeless Songs bolted up, but she was basically as good as Anthony Nelson the race, including Tuesday, won the Oaks subsequently. She drops back to seven here. She's still unexposed. The way she won on the all-weather, I don't think she'll mind fast ground. Um, I'm going to put up one other as well, though. I thought um, just the prices, um, just looking at the, the home horses, Dubai pulled for me is interesting. He ran behind Star of India at Chester and watched the race back. Like He clearly didn't stay. It was over an extended. It was a derby try. He clearly didn't stay. You go back to his two-year-old form when he was behind uh, Corberus at Newmarket when in the back-end race, ran very well. He dropped back to seven furlongs here. I imagine this is going to be strongly run. Um, no problem with the ground. He's 33 to 1, and he's rated 104, which definitely puts him there for place purposes. And I think if you take away his last run at Chester, I mean, he's surely not that sort of a price. He's, he's one disappointing run really last year was on soft ground. So I imagine this would be grand for him. He's 33 to 1. I, I just think that's very big. So I'm going to put up him and... Henry de Bromhead's filly as Henry looks for his first Royal Ascot winner. Good to buy Poet there. A massive price, 33 to 1. Uh, and Stargaz Armal uh, for Henry de Bromhead, 8 to 1. That 33s with a couple of firms Paddy's, uh, Betfair, Sportsbook, Betvictor, Betfred, and Boyle Sports uh, as it stands at the moment, 15 run. So most firms, four places, but Hills and Sky Bet both five. Uh, Andy? Yeah, I've, I've got a really strong pick in this race. I actually don't think this is the hottest jersey I've ever seen. I think we've got a lot of um, sort of sort of listed group three horses at best. Um, so I, I don't think there's a huge amount between top to bottom here. So there is a bit of value to be had. But the one I really like here was La Flalia, the um, Owen Burroughs horse. The only course and distance winner in the field. In fact, I think this is the only course winner at the field. So that's a massive, massive advantage we've seen this week at Ascot. So many horses that have already previously been here have come out and um, proven that experience over the, the straight track is worth its weight in gold. And I absolutely love the way he won here um, early on in the season. It was the race that Saga was favourite in. Uh, and everyone worried, wondered why Saga had run so badly, having run well against Maljum the time before. I'll tell you the reason why Saga ran so badly. He tried to make the running. Um, everything that's trying to make the running here on the straight track this week, by and large, has got absolutely battered, as predicted. Even Wildbank yesterday, I couldn't believe it was in front after a furlong. I was like, yeah. banging my head on the desk. You just can't make all the running here. I have to say, I did think of you for 
a good half of that race, I was thinking, what is Andy holding thinking here? You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know. I, I wish I could send a message to David Lottnane and Russell Ryan and say, whatever you do, cover this all up and don't make the running. But yeah, they, they went and did exactly what you didn't want them to do. Um, and and that's the reason why Saga ran so badly. Because we saw yesterday the Saga that is the Saga that turned up in, in the Britannia is a very good horse. So the fact that Alf Lally at least, you know, has... Um, got a huge victory over Saga on his dance card is, is testing me to how good he is anyway. But um, he came through off a strong pace that day, and that's what I like. You know, the fact that he was held up, cruised through, finished his race off strongly, hit the line really well, suggests to me that he's improved immeasurably since last year. And if you read the post-most comments as well from Marvin Burroughs, he said he's matured over the winter. He's a totally different horse to the one he was last year. He's less, less buzzy, less sort of coltish. And uh, he's settling down to, to be a proper racehorse. He's drawn nicely as well, having what we've seen of the first or the last two days in, in particular, middle to far side is where the jockeys want to be migrated. So store five is absolutely ideal for a hold up horse who can be delivered in that position where a lot of horses have challenged and ended up winning. I, I think this is just tailor made for Alf Lally. And, and don't forget he's got some good form in, against horses like the Guineas winner and St. James's Palace winner, Caribus. Uh, um, I think he brings a hell of a lot to the table. He's eight to one. Um, and I think Owen Brothers is going to have a really good day because he's got Minzal in the um, in the Platinum Jubilee, which we'll talk about um, shortly. But um, th- this one, I think, will get him off to a good start. Just on him, if you're backing him, you should definitely back Dubai Pole because he was behind him as a two-year-old. And yep. the very variants were like, this This Dubai Pole, he's a really good-looking horse. So I presume he's going to mature into a three-year-old. So I definitely have a saver because he's like 33s and he actually bet him behind Kerber. So uh, this, this could be shaping up to a nice little race. Baz drawn though yeah. as well. Johnny's horse is drawn too, so um, I don't I don't see that as it stands at the moment, unless it changes dramatically on Friday, uh, as a bad thing. Yeah, so entwining form lines there for Alf Lalia at eight to one uh, and Dubai Poet at thirty threes. Um, on to then the three forty, the Hardwick, where Hurricane Lane is the four to five favourite ahead of Broom at eleven to two, Solid Stone eight to one, Third Realm nine to one, uh, Moster Daff. 10 to 1, 20 to 1, Lafayette, Living Legend 33s, 50 to 1 away he goes. Andy, dead eight runners, odds on favourite. Let's go. Guaranteed to be a non runner. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Absolutely guaranteed. It wouldn't surprise me if Normie took out Lafayette because uh, he definitely wants a little bit of juice in the ground. He's probably already over, but he might walk the track like Alan King and withdraw it because there's no rain forecast for tomorrow, certainly London anyway. Not till late on in the day. There is rain in the UK, but. I don't think London's going to get it till very, very late. So I think we'll see something, unfortunately, go awry for the each-way backers. But if all eight miraculously did go to post, then Broom is the obvious one for me. I know he's second favourite. That's sort of in a state of the flaming obvious. But he was a good second in this race last year. Um, and I, I very much think that Aidan O'Brien's had this race as the number one target or ever since then, really. And he's run in the, the Group 1 um, at um, the Curra last time out was very eye-catching, to say the very least. Form is working out all right as well. Well, yeah, it's not too shabby, is it? You know, the the front three or four were absolutely turning it on big style in that race. That was a properly run race. High definition made sure it was a good gallop. You know, Alan Kerr's a world-class horse. So is Lord North. We know state of rest is very handy. Um, And, you know, this fellow was just in behind him, tootling along, just staying on nicely without being overly punished. He he never really went for him, shamey. It was just a typical having your first run, blow away the cobwebs, exercise, 
Just to um, say it was Wayne Lord that wrote him, but uh, sorry, thank uh, you, Tom. Just, just to defend the great man. I just in my head thought it was Shamey. It looked like Shamey. Yeah, yeah that, it, it could it could have well. It was are you Shamey in disguise? Uh, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, look, Ryan's on. Um, he likes Ascot. He won't mind the ground. Um, so yeah, Broom is is the proper thieving man's each way bet in this race. Eleven to two uh, with. Paddy Power, Betfair Sportsbook, and William Hill. Uh, as we say, eight runners as it stands. But of course, if you do take that 11 to 2, bit of each way thievery, uh, and one does come out, you're going to be left with a quarter of the two places if, if, if seven or fewer do go. To I think post. some firms will still go three places, even though there's one out. You'll have Ooh. to shop around. I, I think, think so. Yeah, I even think so, with because yeah. it, yeah, I mean, even if, I, if I were if I were doing the spread on the non-runners here, I'd probably have it at more than one, like because um, even if you look at third realm after he won the last day, Andrea Zaini says this horse would handle it bottomless, uh, and he's pretty much totally proven on good firm. Then you've Noel Mead's horse, so um, yeah, I think I think that's a big factor in this race because even the favorite, he's coming back. Obviously, you have to forgive him his layoff. Why haven't we seen him since Longchamp? But his form is on. Effectively, his best form's on at least good ground. So it's a bit of a concern. Like Charlie Appleby's had a decent week, obviously. But I'd be with Andy on this. I'd be with Broom. I'm actually, I'm not a mad fan of the horse, to be honest. But it was clear the last day it was a means to an end. Like, I'd love to own a horse where you can basically give him a prep race in a group one. I mean, but that is the levels he's at. Like, just <laughs> let him tootle away. Let him come home in fifth. And let, let Wayne Lorden do a Shamey Heffernan impression. But he'll have no problem with the ground. Um, he's, he's solid. But like this, it's not going to be an each-way TV race, I think. Because I think there'll definitely be at least one non-runner in this. At least one non-runner. So do beware. Uh, maybe wait until um, just before the off to, to if you're having a each-way bet. Although I have a feeling if they do go down there, there might not be any 11 or 2 about Broom uh, come um, come the show. But 11 to 2 best price it is at the moment, both um, for, for Johnny and for Andy. Um, the one to side with is broom uh on then to the 420 the platinum jubilee as we heard earlier 27 in at the moment um home affairs is the two to one favorite seems uh eye-wateringly short in, in a race like this uh, but creative force nine to one campanelli ten to one uh of course a a royal ascot winner um in the past uh atorius 12 to one highfield princess 14 sacred 14s minzal for uh, 16 to one uh, a case of you, eighteen to one. Alcohol free, twenty-five to one. Happy Romance, twenty-fives as well. Great Ambassador, a Sea of Blue, twenty-eight to one. Best price, but a short was eighteens elsewhere. Andy. Yeah, just just a mind-bogglingly um, difficult but brilliant race in equal measures. Um, probably the race of the of the week almost with regards class, depth, intrigue, obviously because of the Australian horse. Um, and you know, it's it's it, it, there is some great value to be had because, as you say, the home affairs takes a ridiculously huge chunk out of the market. Um, I don't I don't really know the horse that well. Obviously, I've watched his videos back. Um, I'm, I'm only going on 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 sort of um, supposition here, but I beaten a short head by by nature strip. Yeah, on five furlongs back in February. Fil- yeah, I, I, everyone's looking at this and seeing what nature strip has done yeah. and it's putting two two together thing. Well, if he's done this against Nature Strip, then this has got to happen surely. But I don't think it's going to be as straightforward as that because Nature Strip was obviously running over his optimum distance of five furlongs. This is going to be a totally different ball game for this horse. Six furlongs probably not so good. Um and he's never run on a straight track over six furlongs um as 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 demanding as this. 
Uh, plus the fact is he drawn that well in in, in still seventeen. I, I, I the only time will tell whether that's you know where you need to be anyway. But given that he's likely to be ridden prominently or even make the run in as his run style suggests, I think he could be you know sticking his chin out. I think he might have a glass chin in the latter stages here. He wouldn't be for me at that price. Again, he wouldn't be for me at any price. To be perfectly honest, he would wouldn't care for me if someone went four to one. I, I just wouldn't back him. He's just not the kind of horse I'm interested in. There's loads and loads of horses who've got. Brilliant track form in, in this field that uh, a much better value. And I do think the Duke of York form has to be taken very seriously because the time figure that we got Highfield Princess clocking uh, that day was absolutely sensational. It was almost like, what on earth is she, what on earth are they doing to this horse at home? I, mean, I actually texted you on Quinn afterwards. Um, and that, they almost were of the same belief. They're like, we, she's just like improving out of all recognition. They've always felt that she's very good, as she's proven before, but she's taken her game to an even higher level. Um, and let's not forget she ran really well from a bad draw on the ground that she didn't like towards the back end of last season against the very best sprinters over course and distance. But she's liable to have better ground, which she likes. She's a Royal Ascot winner and she stays well. She's nicely drawn. Um, I think she's massively underestimated and always has been in the market. There's always been a little bit of a stigma attached to her as if like, oh, we don't really believe this. She keeps coming back time and time again and doing it and doing it. But the fact that she's done it here at Ascot has got to be worth its weight. And I do like Minzal as well. I put him up that day at, at York. Owen Burroughs said that he might need the run. And it was plain as, as day to me that watching that race back, he, he blew up. You could tell he took a mm. right heave at the furlong pole. And in the end, he just couldn't quite go with the winner. Obviously, he knocked out some amazing fractions. But um, he beat Highfield Princess in that aforementioned race at Ascot last season. Um, and I think he's a much better horse than he, he was then. Uh, and he's also got a very nice draw. Chuck into the likes, great ambassador as a horse I've earmarked for this race and put up as one of my horses to follow, i.e. 12 to follow early on in the season. I think he's got to be a factor. Anything that puts me off with him is draw 26. I think if he was drawn middle to far side, I might include him. I might, might, might just chuck a few good at him just for the hell of it. Anyway, I have three mm. bets. But my strategy is definitely going to play those two out of the Duke of York. They've both got brilliant Ascot track form over six. They're drawn well. The, the, the ground's right for them. And they're just way, way overpriced. So Highfield Princess and Minzal are my two. And I'm massively against home affairs. Highfield Princess, 14 to one. Minzal, 16 to one. Uh, as it stands at the moment, a few firms going six places. Um, Johnny, a couple of strong ones there from Andy. Yeah, the... the uh... It's, I love the way racing. Like there's always a link to to kind of the the past that you can recollect. And I was trying to think. My first memory of this race was Schwarzer winning this for the Aussies, and that's nearly 20 years ago now, um, which is kind of hard to believe. And was following up having won the five furlong race earlier in the week, um, and then I noticed that Schwarzer is actually the sire of Choose Me, who's the dam of Creative Force. And Choose Me has produced Persuasive Creative Force and three other winners. She's been an incredible uh, dam, but um, this horse for me is very solid because he was lame at Maidan the last year and he was sent off 9-2. And I just looked at that race at Maidan. It was a group one. It didn't look any worse than this anyway in terms of the the depth in the race. Um, obviously, Case View won the race, who's really opposing here. But if you take away that run, this horse stays so well and he loves Ascot um, and he, if he bounces back to form, I think he's going to run a big, big race because this is going to be so fast run. If the Aussie horse lasted out, fair enough. The last horse to make the run in this race was, I looked up Lethal Force 2013. Everyone has failed since. Um, everyone who's tried to make the run has failed. So you're nearly 10 years of failures of trying to make the run in the race. Um, so I think I, I think the Afterby horse is really, really solid each way. Presume he's over what happened in the Maidan. 
Um, and it's going to be, stamina is going to be key here. This horse might possibly want seven furlongs ideally, but I think he's rock solid. Um, can't wait for the race, to be honest. I think it's going to be, as Andy said, it's amazing, the field size. And you have a horse who's, and even even, even also, just, just say the Aussie horse, what happens if he's taken on up front? I mean, it, there's a mm. lot of imponderables here mm. at the price. His price is entirely based on that, well, you know, what we saw earlier in the week and that collateral form. I think he's well worth taking on. Creative Force, nine to one, best price. Hills, Bet Victor, Coral, uh, Betfred, and a couple of others as well. So a few to take on um, the Australian. I, I'd said a second ago that ran behind um, uh, Nature Strip. That was wrong. Beat Nature Strip by a short head. But looking at it now, I mean, Nature Strip seemed to, to miss the kick. And as we say, over five furlongs as well, just didn't quite get home. So it might be over bet there after what we saw Nature Strip do back on Tuesday. Feels like a lifetime ago, Tuesday. Um, on to the... Uh, they're woking him now, um, the five o'clock on Saturday. Johnny will come to you here first. Uh, 31 in the in the Wokingham, um, nearly getting double figure prices the field. Fresh is the nine to one joint favourite with Black Rod and Quarantine Dreams. Um, Silver Samurai 12 to 1, first folio 16 to 1, Jumbi 16 to 1. Uh, Rohan, you know, the, the horse last season that uh, I think one handicap of about 55 before um, climbing the ladder. An absolute sea of blue today. 16 to 1 bet price. But that's massive standout with bet 365, 10 to 1, uh, 11 to 1, basically market price. Uh, Tab Deeb, 18 to 1, uh, 20 to 1, bar those. Uh, Johnny, uh, uh, unbelievably open affair this as ever. It's unbelievably open, but not surprisingly, it looks like kind of a, almost like a golf tournament in terms of the each way terms available. You're getting eight yeah. places with one firm. Um, so my my only caveat for back and fresh is that um, obviously he's favourite. He's not he's not exactly missed by the bookmakers, but he is so so solid. If you're backing this horse each way, I, I really can't see how he's not at least in the frame. His Ascot form is two one two three four in this race last year, which admittedly was run on soft ground. He was given an extremely confident ride. He kind of drifted slightly into the centre of the track, beat everything else comfortably except the winner. Um, and he's ground versatile. I think. Possibly seven furlongs is a little bit far from him last time, but he's drawn seven. He was drawn nine last year. Um, I, I can almost envisage exactly what he's going to do. He's probably going to come up slightly short because he is a nine-to-one chance, but I think he's going to run a blinder. Um, and if you're getting your each-way places, I think he might be a pound or two higher than last year. James Fanch has had two runners this week. One of them was third at 22 to one. So that's encouraging. Um, I think Daniel Tullop's going to ride this horse with a lot of confidence. There's going to obviously be a lot of pace on. I can't see how he's out of the frame. Yeah, eight places Skybet and uh, Fresh is 15 to 2 with Skybet as well. Um, so, you're, you know, making uh, a fair, well, pretty half point or so profit if you do back him each way uh, and finishes in, just in the frame. 888 Sport, best price, 9 to 1, six places they are as well. Andy? Yeah, couldn't agree anymore with uh, what Johnny's has said about Fresh. Um, it, I think he's the first name you put down on your play spot slip um, just because of, of that amazing Ascot record. He's a horse that I've bitten for loads and loads of times. I, I put him in last year's race and he ran really well. What as what turned out a bad draw. Um again he ran really well in the in the um spring cup behind Vafortino. Again I put him up that day. He's just a horse that I think because of his place record, you're always going to get a huge run for your money. So he's a confident pick thing, well I'll put this up each way at 10, 12 to 1 and you know we're going to get a run and we're going to win money off of him, whatever happens. I think he's mm. a good bet in the place markets. If, you, if, you're, if you're just looking to make profit out of the race, if you can bet him four, five, six places, uh, I think you'll return on that bet because he is drawn in the right place. He travels well. He gets himself into a position where he's always 
looking as though he's going to win a furlong out, but will he get the job done or will there be something in it, as Johnny said, that might just pick his pocket again? Um, if there is one, a slightly bigger prize that I do think has been a little bit overlooked here, it's um, Archie Watson's horse, Tab Deed, who comes out really well on the, on the numbers that we've got, plus the fact that he likes it here at Ascot. And he's got the absolutely archetypal run style. I, I talk about run styles here at Ascot uh, a lot until I'm blue in the face, really. But you have to be on horses that are held up out the back. Mm. Um, obviously, you, you know, there's a, there, there are some of them hostage to fortune, like Chief of Chiefs was yesterday. But it means that when they're dying and they're, they're you know, literally on their hands and knees in the, in the latter stage at the front, the finishers will just pick them off. Um, virtually every win on the straight track has, has, has done that this week. And, and this fella has to be held up like he was last time at Haydock. Uh, Holly Doyle rode him really chilly out the back and he came through. Got a bit unlucky in the run, but he's run beyond Razel in the listed race over five, suggests to me that he's bang on. Um, he ran well beyond run to freedom the time before a game in a good time. And his two runs here have both been exceptionally good as well in a group three and when he won here um, back in 2018. So he's got plenty of previous. The yard's in mm. great form. Holly's in great form. And the draw in store 14 couldn't be any better because um, you can edge towards that middle to far side. So big, big chance, Tab Deed, along with Fresh. Those would be my two against the field. Uh, tab, tab Deed, 18 to 1 with Coral, best price, uh, 12 to 1 um, around elsewhere as well. So you might have to shop around to get your best price there. Um, and Fresh, a double selection for the two guys as well. 9 to 1 best price, 15 to 2 if you want to take the eight place terms. Uh, onto the Golden Gate Stakes. Uh, George Bowie versus Godolphin, otherwise known. Um, Mr. Cut is the 7-2 favourite uh, with three Godolphin horses uh, next up in the market. Uh, Falling Shadow um, is 13-2. Honiton, 8-1. Aldous Huxley, 11-1. Uh, then Sun King, 12-1. Phantom Flight, 12s. Chairman, 14s. Uh, Groundbreaker, 16s. Blue Trail, 16-1. Knightswood, 18-1. 20-1, bar those. Uh, Andy, I'll let you take this away. Yeah, similar to uh, the King George of the day, um, just leave this race to Godolphin. They seem to have an uncanny knack of mm. getting these horses a handicap for these uh, three-year-old races. Um, and they've both got very strong form lines as well, particularly Honiton. I mean, Honiton's third behind uh, Eldoroff. Uh, um, mm. Couldn't have worked out any well. better. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, there's been other horses further down the line that won out that Newcastle race. Um, and then he clocked a massive time figure he won last time. He won by nine lengths, but uh, you know, he, he wasn't just visually good, he, he was good on the clock as well. So all of his form lines, including that run behind Secret State, stack up. Uh, Frankie's on. Hopefully his mind's not too scrambled come Saturday because um, he hasn't had the best of weeks, as we, we all know. I don't want to kick a man, but he's down. But he, he could do with riding a winner. Maybe maybe, maybe fr- Friday might be that um, injection of confidence that he needs. Uh, and the other one is um, the top one, Aldous Huxley, who... Um, one first time out, and then it's been a bit lucky in the two races he's run next time. But he's again posted some good numbers in defeat. That maiden that um, he was uh, second to at Newmarket uh, has been boosted by the third, Cosmic Desert. Uh, and he's got Benoit de la Sayette uh, on board. I, I desperately want to keep on side anything that Benoit's riding in handicaps by and large. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't think you go too far wrong with those. Um, what are they? Sort of seven, eight to one, nine to one ish? That. Horace Huxley uh, is 11 to 1, uh, Honiton 8 to 1. Right, there you go, 8s and 11s. Yeah, two each way bets on them. We'd be amazed if one of them's at, well, about that, the frame. 
I think six places with Skybet. Uh, most firms five places. Uh, although I reckon a couple more will, will stick the neck out by the time we get to tomorrow morning. Um, Johnny, a, a couple of Godolphin horses for Andy. Uh, anything catch your eye? Feeling very sad because I'm tipping up the other Godolphin horse here. Um, <laughs> so um, not 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 as sad as George Bowie listening to this on his way to the I know. Um, so so I I probably have a saver on Sun King because um, he was he was a hot favourite at Navin the last day. He ran a little bit free. Um, he's a horse that can be a bit slow out of the gates, but like he was a good two-year-old. He ran behind Sissoko and was a very good horse and he's only rated 89. He's Aidan O'Brien's only run the race, but I love, just looking back on this today, I love the run of Falling Shadow at Newbury the last day. Um, he's a horse that he's gorgeous pedigree. He looks like he's just improving because the first time he ran at Kempton in a back-end two-year-old maiden on the all-other, he was sent off 11-2, to two, beaten 11 lengths. He then went to Wolverhampton, one was disqualified. So then he reappeared in May um, and absolutely bolted up. He was sent off an 11 to 8 favourite. And the third, who was beaten eight and a half lengths, then went on in a handicap the next day, probably benefited from soft ground double cherry, but was running off 78, backed into favourite, hacked up, now rated 87. Falling Shadow demolished that horse at Newbury. Um, he's actually been gelded since, which is interesting. So we'll see how that works out. Um, but Charlie Affleby's horse, I think he's... Just a bit of a blank canvas. I mean, he could improve plenty again. Obviously, stepping up and trip, that won't be a problem. Love the way he did it at Newbury. And I, I think that's probably solid form. The horse in second was pretty well fancy as well. He just laughed at them. So um, I'm deeply depressed that Andy's gone with the other two. <laughs> <laughs> 13 to 2, um, Falling Shadow, best price with 888 Sports. It was 11 to 2 elsewhere, the one for Johnny. So though all three of those good off in horses. Um, well fancied at the top end. One of, of them has the- to win. One of them has to win. Surely we've covered a lot there, yeah. There's a good time, there's a good time figure as well, by the way, Johnny. That um, may be right. That's good to hear. Very good, yeah. On then to the final race of Royal Ascot 2022, the Queen Alexandra Stakes, the conditions race, and uh, Trushan has been left in. Uh, is 11 to 8 at the moment. Uh, I think at the time of of um, final declarations, there was a bit of rain forecast for Saturday. Uh, there is no longer any rain forecast for Saturday as it stands, uh, or if there is, uh, not very much at all. So this market and this conversation could age pretty quickly. Trushan, of course, um, taken out of the Gold Cup on account of the ground. Uh, Wordsworth, 130. Falcon, 8, 6 to 1. Nate the Great, 11 to 1. Urban Artist, 14. Stra- uh, Stratum, 16. Calling the Wind, uh, 16 to 1. 22 to 1 bar. And, and in this conversation, do we, do we assume that Trushan won't uh, won't be taking up this uh, engagement. Yeah, I've, you know, I'll be short price backer that he won't run. Um, just too risky, isn't it? You know that they obviously have got other targets further down the line. They don't need to risk him um, on ground that he's unsuitable. You know that if they're not going to run him in the Gold Cup, why would they run him in this in, mm. in a less prestigious event? They've obviously put him in like they did in the Gold Cup, just in case. They ever do a thunderstorm or a couple of rogue showers. They look foolish when they take it out if, if that occurred. But the forecast isn't looking that favourable. Um, certainly not down in the south anyway in London. It might rain sort of Saturday night into Sunday, but they're not going to get any by race time. And by the time that Alan King walks the course, well, he's not going to leave till like, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon and keep everyone guessing. It'll, it'll, all the work and the preparation will be done by lunchtime and he'll walk the track and he'll look up in the skies and they'll just think, nah, it's no point. Uh, so he'll definitely be a non-runner. The one I'm going to back here, I'm going to put some, I'm going to put some each way multiples on for the next few days, combinations, etc. My banker for the whole bet without putting in another horse in the race would be calling the wind. He's currently 14 to one, but I'm, I'm quite happy to take 14 to one with a rule four and, and as, a, as a bit of a hit, because I think he'll go off five to one, something like that, four or five mm-hmm. to one. 
when the markets reform. Um, he was you love that uh, new market form behind Buzz and uh, Burning Victory. Well, I mean, look how well Burning Victory ran yesterday. I mean, mm. she gave me a hell of a run. Um, mm. It's just a sensational piece of handicap form. And um, this fella has had, I would say, by you know, give, you know, Richard Hughes standards, he's he's basically messed around with this horse first. I'm gonna have to choose my words carefully, but I, th- I think he's messed around with this horse <laughs> deliberately. With a view to coming here again to to hopefully go one place better. Um, I think Andy's saying he's been running them over the wrong trip of a mile and a half. Well, yeah, it it, it <laughs> does it does look that way. I mean, he's run well to be fair. He ran well yeah. at Doncaster the first day, and it wasn't he wasn't disgraced next time. But he, he certainly wasn't overly hard on him, Pat Dobbs. Um, I, I just felt as though yeah, that was another another part of the process when when they when they ran him. Um, but the ground would have been a bit soft for him here last last year, but he came there. I, I put him up on my column um, that day. I, I think I put him up at fifty to one, and all the way through the race, I thought this is going to win. This is absolutely running out, running over the field. I think I laid it back at odds on him running, um, and then Stratum just outstayed him on the ground because Stratum is a you know ostensibly a, you know a good a good um, stamina based horse. Um, but the better ground, when he went to Goodwood next time out, he was a different horse. He, he actually travelled well, but he got the job done on ground that he could quicken on. Um, he's going to get his fast ground this time. It'll be a different story. He will still be on the bridle this horse too out, I guarantee you. He, nothing will get him off the bridle over this trip. Um, I would say he's probably the best bet on the card at the prices. As it stands at the moment, like I say, take your all full heat if you're still mm. listening to this. Because True Channel come out, you'll get like a, you know, 30 pay deduction, 30, 40 pay deduction, but it'll still work out. You'll be on the right side of the value because that that, that, that once, like I say, once the market's reformed, that's out. Bookmakers will nick a few points here, then everywhere as well. Once they know True Shan's out, as I said, I think I, I think this horse has got a a decent chance of being at least second favourite behind Wordsworth, and I, I, I'm not a mad fan of Wordsworth either, to be fair. Um, so yeah, I think this is a great bet, calling the wind. Calling the wind, 16 to 1 best price for the ATA Sport, 14 to 1 with most firms. That's four places. I assume if Trushan comes out, they will they will keep those four places. Um, but I can't guarantee that, but we will see. Um, but yeah, worth taking ASAP, as Andy says. You won't, you won't, need, you won't need four places with this fella. Ooh, there we go. Johnny, follow that up with the, yeah, uh, the, the final race of Alaska. I, 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 it is, it is weird that he's that big of a price considering like everything points to the fact David Egan, the nephew of Richard Hughes, he's back on again. He rode him the race last year. Um, it's, I mean, it's fairly odd that he's been put in at this price. It, obviously, you're going to take your rule for, but um, he's he must have a massive each way chance. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go against Sandy with Wordsworth. I think they've prepped him for this race. He, he's run twice at Ascot. He's run very well. I don't think Sam will be a problem. He's only run over two miles so far with his brother to Kew Gardens. Um, and, like, obviously, he's he's, uh, he's probably, I think, the, my race of the year or my race of the festival, rather, was the Gold Cup. I thought it was an unbelievable watch in terms of jockeyship. And I think we've probably seen the, the, the Yates of the future. I've said this before after a few Gold Cups where it hasn't materialised, but I think we may have seen the Yates of the future in Kiprios because we don't have... Um, you don't have that many obvious stairs coming up and coming, and he just looks like he's idling in front and so on. But Wordsworth might develop into a decent stair. He's another Galileo-bred four-year-old, and I'd put up him uh, as a saver, but I couldn't agree more with Andy. I mean, everything points to calling the wind, being prepped for this race, um, and, you know, as rock-solid form, and surely isn't a 60-to-1 chance. 
there we have it. Uh, the final um, tip of the Royal Ascot meeting. There's 16 to 1 pretty much with all firms as well. Uh, thank you very much to both Johnny and to Andy for sharing their thoughts uh, over the whole of Royal Ascot. Hopefully um, today and on Saturday as well, Andy, the uh, the ball goes in the back of the net rather than cannoning off, cannoning off the woodwork. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, do download the Oz Checker app now for the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, place terms and Andy's tips, as well as plenty of other tips across sport. Straight to the app every morning of racing. Uh, do subscribe to the Oz Checker YouTube channel. We'll have plenty more of these Oz Checker betting shows over the summer uh, and then throughout the year as well and do uh, you can subscribe to the podcast as well if you don't have time to watch us uh, chatting away in our offices or front rooms or wherever we are as well so thank you to the guys uh, hopefully the the brilliant week of racing continues or i'll ask it um sympathies to those on course today in that heat uh, hopefully everyone makes it home safe and doesn't drink too much um but i wouldn't want to be on that train leaving ascot station back into waterloo at 6 30 this afternoon i can promise you that um but yeah hopefully a couple of winners in today certainly some value as is always the case and please ensure that you are gambling responsibly